Chapters 17 and 18 of Black Paul by Ben Ames Williams. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Chapter 17 Red Paul fell forward into Black Paul's lap, and the captain's arms went around his son and held him close, and the revolver fell upon the deck at one side. Close against his breast, Black Paul held the body of the son he had killed. The muffled crack of the revolver had shattered the stillness that compassed the schooner. The men on deck cried out. They began to shout hysterically. Dan Darren was out of his bunk at the sound, and racing for the companion, half-dressed. He burst up on deck to behold Black Paul with his dead son in his arms. He was at Black Paul's side in a single leap and at first he did not see that the captain was hurt. He cried, "'What is it, sir?' Black Paul looked up at him, and he smiled, and he said quietly, "'Dan Darren, you're master of the Deborah.' Dan Darren turned pale. He was tugging at Red's body. Black Paul said, "'Let him be. Let me have him till the end, Dan.' "'What's happened?' Dan demanded hoarsely. What's happened, Captain Paul? Black Paul looked toward where the man, Spies, still knelt stolidly at his task. He said with a slow effort upon every word, Spies knifed me, Dan. At Red's bidding, I've no doubt. But don't log that, Dan, my boy. Spies knifed me, and I've killed my son. I shot Red Paul, so you'll take the ship and take her safely home. Dan stared, and Black Paul added huskily, Take Ruth, too, Dan Darren. She loves you, and she's worth your love. My Ruth. Let me fix you up, sir, Dan Darren begged. You'll be all right. Black Paul shook his head. I'm near gone, Dan. Let me rest till the end. And then his eyes, looking over Dan's head, lighted proudly. The missionary, roused by the shot as Dan had been, was coming now. Black Paul smiled at him. "'Eh, hey, father,' he said wearily, "'there was an atonement, the bitter cup, and I've drunk deep, father. I've killed my son.' The old missionary had the gift of understanding and a part of what had passed he understood. But he looked to Dan Darren with a question in his eyes, and Dan said swiftly, Spies knifed the captain, and he knew it was Red Paul's doing, so he shot the mate. Black Paul shook his head. No, father, not because my death was his doing. Not for that I killed him. You will understand. Yes, Black Paul, said the missionary. Yes, I understand. I loved him, father. I know. I'd no anger because he killed me. That was due me. I'd no anger for that. I know, said the man of the church again. But he would be master of the ship, father. Black as he was, black as I made him, he would have been master of the Deborah and that could not be. The missionary laid his hand on Black Paul's shoulder. Let us take him away, he said. 
Let us tend you. Black Paul's arms tightened around his son. No, father, I'll keep him, till the end. You're not dying, Dan Darren cried. Black Paul smiled and looked toward the missionary. Tell him, he said, and the man of the church nodded. Yes, he is dying, Dan, he said. Black Paul asked wistfully, And what will God say to this, father? No harsh words, Black Paul. You're sure? Sure? Very sure. I killed him in love, father. I know. Black Paul was silent, with closed eyes for a little, and then he asked gently, Think you I've a right to see my girl again? The missionary said swiftly, Dan, bring Ruth, swiftly. Dan, on his feet to go, echoed Black Paul's words with an amazed question in his voice. His girl? he asked. His daughter, the man of the church told him. The missionary stayed by Black Paul's side, and Black Paul, eyelids drooping, held his dead son closer in his arms. He heard Ruth's step, and looked up as she bent above him. Hey, sweet, he said wistfully, put your hand on my head, your fingers in my hair. Your mother used to do so. Black Paul looked long at her. Then his eyes closed again, and through the shut lids tears seeped, and ran down his cheeks, and dropped on the head of his son, held close against his breast. Ruth spoke to him, but he seemed not to hear her. For a little time he did not stir, but when they sought to lift Red Paul away, his arms tightened their hold. At the last his eyes opened once more, and looked down upon his son, and he whispered huskily, for the breath was strangling in his lungs. Eh, Dan, my son, I fathered you in love, but I bred you in hate, and rancor, and cruelty, and I've killed you at the last, but I always loved you, little Dan, my little boy. His head fell gently forward until it rested on the head of his son. He did not move again. CHAPTER Eighteen. The third day afterward the Deborah sailed away from her island anchorage. Her rigging was shipshape again. Her sticks were spliced and splinted and strong for any gale. The wide seas lay ahead of them, with home at the end of the blue leagues stretching from their bow, and Dan Darren was master, on the quarter-deck, with old Flexer as his mate. Spies was below, ironed, oppressed by a stupor that was like death itself. Life was done for him, as truly as for those two, Black Paul and Red Paul, his son. He wasted in his irons, he had no stomach for food, and in the second month of their slow homeward way he died. Before they left the island, that which remained of Black Paul and his son, they had borne ashore, and they left father and son together there, within sound of the waves upon the beach. Above them whispered eternally the strong, swift winds they both had loved. Ruth was not unhappy in that parting, for she felt in her heart 
that all was forever well with them, with Black Paul and with his son. She could not find a reason for this faith that dwelt in her. But when she spoke of it to the old missionary, he nodded, and he said, I feel that too, Ruth. It is as though by Black Paul's hand they were both redeemed. She was happy with Dan too. Since the day when they both had been wakened by the shot, they had not spoken of that which lay between them. But it was in their eyes for each to see. He knew and she knew, and in the long silences together they communed. Dan would not speak. A reticence was upon him. He was afraid of breaking in upon her thoughts of Black Paul. He was afraid there was no room for him in her overflowing heart until the memories had somewhat passed, and he was content to wait. There was a slow strength in him. He would be ready when she turned to him. But Ruth did not wish to wait, and she considered the matter with a smile twisting the corners of her mouth. She considered it for a day, and a day, and a day, and at last she laughed softly, and nodded as if she had made up her mind. On the evening of the seventh day, the missionary was reading at the table in the cabin. Dan sat across from him, and Ruth was at Dan's side. Dan was writing up the log. She watched him, and smiled fondly when his big hand tightened clumsily upon the pen. At last she got up and went lightly to the companion, and ascended to the deck. Dan marked her going, looked after her, and bent again to his task. After a little, old Flexer came down from the deck, and stood uncertainly at the foot of the companion. Dan looked across at him, and asked, "'What's up, Mr. Flexer?' "'I don't rightly know,' Flexer said, and he took off his cap and scratched his head. Miss Ruth told me to come down. She looked like as if there was something in her mind. Ruth? What for? I don't rightly know, said Flexer again. And then he heard a step behind him, and moved awkwardly aside as Marvin, the cook, came down with Ruth upon his heels. Ruth stopped at the foot of the companion, and looked at Dan and at the missionary. Marvin and old Flexer stood together, uncertain and uneasy. Dan and the missionary got up. They could not take their eyes from Ruth. There was a glory in her countenance, and while they stood, she crossed to Dan's side and looked up at him. Dan could not speak, but the old missionary asked, What is it, Ruth? What is in your mind? She took Dan's hand, and with him faced the man of the church. And she said softly, her face a lovely flame. This, father, this is in my mind. If Dan... She could not finish, but there was no need. The missionary smiled. He stepped a little forward, and so presently began to speak the old enduring words. Overhead the swinging oil lamp guttered. Flexer and Marvin watched from the shadows. And once Ruth saw Flexer standing there, and for a moment thought she saw Black Paul himself, watching with happy eyes, with someone well-beloved at his side. Then the vision dimmed, and she was answering the father, while beneath their feet the schooner swung and lifted gently with the seas, and the sea lay fair and fine before the schooner's bows, 
like the years that waited for their coming. End of chapters 17 and 18 End of Black Paul by Ben Ames Williams Recording by Lee Smalley